Welcome to the Surveyor Hub podcast, brought to you by Blue Box Partners, the only show dedicated to small business residential surveyors and valuers, created by surveyors for surveyors. In every episode, you'll learn something new about the vibrant and thriving industry of residential surveying. We don't mind what flavor of surveyor you are or what level of experience you might have. If you're in the business of helping people with their homes, this is the community for you. I'm Marian Ellis, and today I've got another surveyor business story for you. This time we're talking to Mark O'Halloran from Nuven Surveyors. So, hi Mark, great to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me, Marion. Thank you. So, uh, tell us a bit about yourself and your business, Mark. So, I run a firm of chartered surveyors. There's just five of us. Uh, the firm's called Nuven Surveyors, uh, primarily operating in Horsham, West Sussex, uh, and surrounding areas, um, just two surveyors, one admin staff. Also got a land department as well, a land agency department. Been going since 2016, just organically growing with no funding at the moment. That may change, but uh, yeah, so difficult times, but um, we're still going. A couple have been furloughed, a couple are still still working as and when we can. And uh, yeah, just trying to reach out to, to all the other business owners really that are in a similar position. It's such a difficult time. And when we talk about SMEs, I think sometimes, particularly the press and the news, they don't realise that that can range from anything from, you know, one man band to, I think it's, you know, anything under 250 people. That's quite a range of business sizes, types, the way that they they operate. I'm interested, tell me why you decided to start up a business. Was it from scratch or was it something you bought? Yeah, I think uh, from an early age, I always wanted to get into restoration was was the big one for me. And I was quite um, keen on art as well. So I originally was going to do an architect course at university, but realised the length of the course wasn't for me really. Otherwise, I would have gone down that route. So just went down the general practice route and... Um, Again, from an early age, even at university, I had a, it was only a carpet cleaning business, but I always had that sort of get up and go attitude and try to fund myself through studies, through, through a business. So as soon as I was qualified, really, I was trying to learn as much as I could from different people. Had a, went to a different firm in 2014 from graduating from the other firm. And yeah, just soon realized that actually I need to get out there and do it on my own because that's what I enjoy doing, starting businesses and and uh, and growing organically. And I think one of the things that I've learned is what you bring, all the experience you bring before you join surveying is really, yeah. really important. Like, you know, okay, it might have been a carpet cleaning business, but that's still business skills yeah. that you've been able to, to bring into your business. For me, before I became a surveyor, I worked in every admin and customer service type job you could imagine. I was on the phones yeah. for BT, British Gas. Uh, there used to be, uh, I don't know if it's still um, around a car parts company called Demon Tweaks that sold um, sports bits okay. for boy racer yeah. cars. And I remember I worked in the customer service department. And I remember receiving a complaint from somebody who said their dummy aerial didn't work. <laughs> and for me, it was a low How did you point. handle that? It was a, uh, you know, I was like, you kidding? Yeah, a realisation. <laughs> um, yeah, but for me, you know, it meant that actually I wasn't scared to talk to people on the phone. I just had yeah. that that wider life experience. And I think that's so important to mm. bring that into the your job and the world of surveying that yep. holds it a life experience. Because when we do surveys, we walk into people's lives. We don't just walk into their property 
We walk mm-hmm. into their lives and we see it warts and all, don't we? Yep, absolutely. So when did you decide to do this with Blue Box? A friend, good friend of mine, Fiona Haggett, encouraged me to teaching valuation for oh. um, through Blue Box for the Sava course. And then Chris, I got, got to know them. Then Chris Riskin wanted to retire and said, would I be interested in taking it over? And it's one of those things of, you know, sometimes you need to not look into something too much and just say yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> and be yes. brave because if I thought about running a small business, managing a team of people, we're a different company in the traditional sense of surveying mm. because we're a, a training company. But what we've tried to do is to bring life to what we do. And it's not just about the, what I call the pure CPD. It's all the other stuff around it that we really enjoy. And that's led okay. our business to, I guess, be try- a more values-based and with that is more fun, but also other, other challenges. Yep. And we get to choose the kind of work that we want to do and the clients that we want to work for. Oh, that's and, nice. That's good for you. And it was all going well until this virus uh, came along. Yes. And, um, but equally, you know, that's taken us on a, on a different route. And the Surveyor Hub is growing. You know, there's not as much, I suppose, the technical content that people were sharing because you're not all doing surveys. No. But it's brought out other aspects of life as a surveyor yeah some of the challenges we face so uh, it's been interesting at the moment like you i'm doing the parenting juggle tell me about how that is for you well we all work from home anyway we haven't got any office space so in that sense we were sort of already geared to to be able to work from home so we had a slight advantage there but my kids for example they're three years old at nursery most of the time and they're Um, twins aren't they you got two twin twin girls yeah who are adorable, but equally uh, a bit of a handful when you're trying to work from home, like, like most people are in really. So yes, we are geared up to work from home, but um, there's still difficulties finding that quiet space. I mean, just, just joining this meeting this morning when, when I was reading the description of uh, try and find a, a quiet space, uh, that, that's probably the biggest challenge of the day <laughs> at the moment. But yeah, so it's difficult, but I think uh, managing it right, because my, my wife's still working for the NHS three days a week, and it's just trying to work around that, really, just, just do a new timetable, a new schedule, take it in turns, and um, yeah, just find that time where you can really focus. Because what we struggle with is just trying to do a job here and there whilst looking after the kids is, is quite difficult. If you actually just had focused time and sort of allocated two or three hours in the day to write, this is what I'm going to do, it's so much more productive. It's so much more done, whereas if you try and do it the other way, you can't really give the kids the attention that they need and crave. And as soon as you give them that, then it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's manageable. So very difficult at the beginning, but getting easier, I would say. Yeah, and they talk about, you know, find a rhythm and routine, but yeah. that does work for kids, but it doesn't as well. <laughs> Absolutely. There's definitely bad days. There's good and bad days, but yeah, it's, it's, all the while the weather's like this as well, I think that's that's a great advantage to have as soon as it starts raining or getting a bit dull out there then I think trying to keep them entertained might be a bit more uh, difficult yeah so my kids are slightly older Um, my daughter turned five just on the day of the lockdown and my son is 10 and we've had sort of different challenges in that actually my son's been quite anxious and didn't want to go outside he'd heard Mm -hmm. Boris has been poorly and said stay indoors so he wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't go outside Obviously, it's computer games and TV programs are calling him. So I've actually had it, and I read an article in the Times, actually, with um, Professor Tanya Byron, who was saying, you know, actually a lot of kids are suffering from anxiety from not wanting to go outside. So I felt a bit Mm -hmm. encouraged by that. But we're trying to uh, get him out. So there's lovely hot weather, and my kids want to stay in. My husband really helpfully taught my five-year-old how to work the remote control. 
So now she carries it round with her, like a just a little holster too. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, obviously, there's no back on the uh, the batteries are falling out all the yeah. time. And yeah, and it's a real it's a real juggle. And although they're a bit older, they still need time yes. or, or my time and attention. And although I've tried to adapt my work, so now I try to work early mornings. Okay. We're recording this uh, this yeah. podcast uh, in the morning, and what I've found is that I now I'm going to have to take out the regular calls that I had scheduled in my mm-hmm. diary. Or I mean, I've already adapted my work, but I'm going to have to adapt that because on Friday I did the the classic. I'll just do one more thing, and then yes. I'll go and do what they do. I'll let them watch one more program. I'll just do. And I was tinkering with my um my computer, doing something, checking an email, or whatever, and then I went back into the other room where my daughter was watching telly and she's cut all her hair off oh no now she's taken all her life to grow her hair it's been slow growing curly hair yeah same as my too and she hates she hates her curls imagine sort of bit shirley temple and she'd been watching something on telly about how if you've got long hair you can cut it and donate it to people oh bless you haven't got hair and uh, she'd found a pair of scissors and cut her hair off. Now, when I say cut her hair off, think, do you remember Only Fools and Horses with Rodney Trotter? And yeah. they had that little rat's tail <laughs> at the back. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. That's, that's. <laughs> I said, my hair's, daughter's hair's a bit, a bit wavy. And the thing is, she's really proud of it. She thinks oh, she? she did a great job, yes. Oh, that's even better. And yeah. I need makeup and a hairband to get ready every morning. And it's like, yes. bye. <laughs> but, you know, I... I, I I took my eye off the ball and she cut her hair and I, you know, I let out a massive sob that, you know, I tried to keep it positive so that she yep. didn't see that, that I was upset. But it was a, it's a real lesson in you know, actually where your priorities lie right now. And children have got to be our priority. I mean, yes, we've mm. got businesses to run and that keeps an income in and, you know, the mortgage paid and all of all of those things. But I guess these are decisions that, you know, not just surveyors in small business, but everybody's having to make over, you know, how much time I give my kids and homeschooling mm-hmm. and all of those things over keeping the business running and just things ticking over. And actually, for me, a bit of sanity. Yeah, yeah. I think with me on the, on the decision on whether or not to furlough myself, it's actually now coming down to when do we actually think we'll be out of lockdown? If it was in three or four weeks, I probably would furlough myself. There's not so much to do now you know in the first few weeks i did but now there isn't really too much to do and it's almost that balance of right should i just shut up shop now and give the kids you know the 100 percent attention that they need or do i keep doing you know in and out of calls up and down putting the laptop on um, it's quite heartbreaking when they say daddy you're always working because they're obviously used to being it i'm not working any more than i would be normally but they're around to see it and then obviously usually at nursery so they don't know that, that you know when i'm working so that was quite heartbreaking to hear and uh just trying to balance it it's just it is it's a difficulty but you know we're all in that same boat and uh it's doing these chats and calls and speak to family and friends and when you realize you're not the only one that's uh doing it like this you can you don't have to be so hard on yourself i think but naturally we as parents you are on it you, you, you're too hard on yourself so yeah you know and I, I call it a parenting fail and um a lot of people have said to me oh no it's not and they've yeah. shared stories of you know a tub of pseudocreme being sprayed all over the car or in kids hair or you know all the, all the stories come out and you know, I've, you know, I've got a 10-year-old, you know, I, a glass of wine, I could tell you all sorts of stories <laughs> of parenting fails of yeah. forgetting sports days and uh, and the like. 
But I think now in the, in the time that we're in, it's a really grounding experience mm-hmm. of actually what does life look like when we come out of lockdown? You know, yeah. if you hear the the news and the way people talking, you know, there's this new normal. And what does that look like for us and our, and our families? But also what does it look like for surveyors going forward? I mean, how do you think your work is going to be affected? I think it will be for a very long time, certainly till the end of the year with the social distancing. In my opinion, until we get that vaccine, I don't see a way of, you know, other than social distancing. So it is going to be, I mean, right down to the inspection, I could go on and on about this. I won't, you know, keep try and keep it brief, but it will be, you know, a case of obviously always keeping that two metre distance, being in a separate room to the vendors when you're, when you're in the house, managing that, we're trying to get windows and doors open to minimise contact, that sort of thing. It's all about balancing risk, but ultimately, I think the lenders, I know they're looking at ways around it, and they're more desktop valuations, that sort of thing, but there's always going to be the property with a high load to value, et cetera, that's, that's going to need an inspection. So ultimately, I think we are all going to be working in that environment eventually before that vaccine comes back. It's just how it's managed. It's always lowering the risk. I'm lucky that I haven't got a big team. So it would be you know, just me that, that will have to do the inspections and that I can control. If I had a big team of 20, 30, 40, you know, are they doing all the right things? Are they doing it how I want them to do it? Because it's not just you know that particular surveyor. It's the, it's the vendor's families. You know, it's the ease of spreading it to somebody else. It's it's a horrible responsibility to have looking after not only yourself but other people's welfare. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a it'd be interesting to see what plans come out, how the lockdown is lifted, but also one rule or one size doesn't fit all like you say you know SMEs are various different sizes and when I worked for a corporate we had you know around like 500 people trying to get 500 surveyors to do the same thing in the same way was hellish anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and now you've got people's different appetite to risk or approach to it the circumstances of the vendors and purchasers the variation across the country the different types of property that we have you know all makes it very uncertain and the surveyors we like a bit of certainty it helps us do our job but i also think we need to think about it as you know sort of a the valuation side of the work that we do and the surveying side of the work that we do because they're quite yeah. different types of inspection surveying is quite a tactile type type of work isn't it compared yeah. to value, and, valuation and i think doing the survey where you could forget not forget but it's, i think being there for a longer period of time you know you could forget or get too comfortable in that environment again and you know be touching too many services you shouldn't be touching etc so yeah, you're absolutely right. Evaluation, if you're in there for 20 minutes, minimise contact and you're not touching much at all, that's a lot less risk than, than doing a survey. And But ultimately, 90% of our work is is that survey work. So that's the difficulty. If it's valuations or we could take more desktop valuations, it would be a lot easier. But for our sort of firms, and I imagine most of your members that are on the, on your Facebook site are similar to me, really, to small independent firms or, or one-man bands that the bulk of their work is survey work. So yeah, it's a struggle. And I think the government have been fantastic, to be fair. I, I just think that the owners have limited... The only thing that I can see uh, at the moment is fine because it's not going to last forever, but if owners of limited companies could be treated a little bit more like um, self-employed, so able to continue working from home and, and receive some, some income support that way. But it's a balance between do I furlough myself, yes or no, to get that work, whereas you know we, we could have furloughed ourselves to get that extra income if we were sort of in the same category as a self-employed person. 
yeah, the tough decisions all round, and there's always going to be people who fall through the gaps. And we're, mm. we're in the same same exactly. boat. We we don't have offices; we work virtually. You know, we've got a couple of clients that are keeping us going. But let's let's see sort of what what happens and how it how it all pans out. Yeah. Can I ask you? How do you find your work? So you do, I take it you do a range of mortgage valuation work and survey work. Is there a split? Yeah. So this point this year, we were going to really focus on, we were going to recruit a couple more surveyors and really focus on the mortgage valuation side because the barriers, there's there's so many barriers and hurdles to jump, to try and get on to, to panel work for a very small firm with one only, we've only got another surveyor that's, um, he's training at the moment due to be qualified in September. So they need certain requirements. So they need a couple of directors. Both need to be qualified, fully qualified for two years, or I think minimum two years. But everyone, every panel slightly different. But anyway, we, we've struggled to get on those. So it's just me as a consultant to these larger firms. So two or three larger firms, I do some valuation work. And obviously right now, they're having to help and, and feed their own surveyors. So I don't see us getting any of that work really that was on our on our radar and, and that's disappointing because we just finally got to that stage where we could start really pushing for that mortgage valuation work but no our valuations are not just you know private valuations a lot of help to buy valuations we've seen now that target have relaxed their their view on it and, and are allowing desktop valuations which is a massive plus for us again obviously that there's risk and we'd have to from a valuation perspective, really know that area and make sure we're comfortable with accepting it, make sure we've got PI insurance. So there's still hurdles, it's still difficult, but but we do 90%, I'd say, of survey work. So about 20% building surveys, the rest home buyer reports. We get our work through word of mouth a lot of the time. Most of it, again, I'd say 75 to 80% is just in one town. And also on just comparison sites, such as local surveyors direct, uh, local building surveyors, where you can, where customers will go onto that website and, and look for a quote for a surveyor and four or five other firms pop mm. up. And there it's just about, you know, being the first person to pick up the phone and it's more of a sales role that. So yeah, that's that's pretty much where we get do the bulk use, of our work. Do you use Find a Surveyor, the RICS service? Yes, so we get most of our valuation work. That's that's pretty good to be fair, um, and that's the difficulty as well, isn't it? As a, as a small business, you've got to trial it's trial and error with all these comparison sites or marketing, advertising, etc. But today, it uh, it's still worth doing without a doubt, especially valuation work and help to buy. We get quite a bit from uh, Finder Surveyor. And you mentioned local referrals. Yes, there's nothing better actually and cheaper than a local word of mouth referral how did you get established in that town because i know a lot of surveyors that's really where they need to be pitching themselves to get known for what they do good reputation you know how how did you get established like that old-fashioned walking in and out of agents solicitors you know all the people that can give you that route or avenue to work and just convincing them you know why should they use us against a, a larger firm for example and for us, you know, every agent wants a, a local surveyor that's, you know, t- doesn't come up with a silly valuation or, or whatnot, but also speed. You know, they want the deals done quickly. So we focus on turnaround. It's a big thing for us. And also effectively communicating our survey, put it into perspective. We offer, for example, if off the back of a survey, um, the, the purchaser is very concerned, we'd then offer a walk around service with them to put it into perspective because you know how the reports can read. 
for someone who's never bought a house before or not kin to it uh, will read it and, and feel like the thing's going to fall down. But actually, you know, if you do a video tour with them or walk around with them and say, right, in this part of the report, this is what we're talking about here. It can be done in the next six months, six to 12 months, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to likely going to cost this. It just, that sort of service going that little bit extra, that added value, that's why sort of agents, solicitors or other people, you know, would, would rather choose us because, you know, we're a bit more practical, I think. Because we're taking the lower volumes of work, we're not. It's not. You've got to do two a day, three a day, etc., and just get them done. A lot of our services, aftercare service, as opposed to just the written report. I think that's brilliant and music to my ears. I love <laughs> my my customer experience hat on. I yeah. love things like that because actually people just need to be reassured. But the hardest thing to say to somebody is, yes, it's okay. You should buy it. And I think sometimes surveyors think customers want us to say that. Yeah. But actually what they want is to feel reassured enough to make the informed decision from, yes. the, from the report. One of the things I used to do when I was a surveyor down in Croydon back in the day was I'd tell first-time buyers, get themselves the B&Q DIY manual. Mm-hmm. It's got pictures that were re- at the time, you know, the, I think I've got it on my shelf somewhere. I remember they put the price up and I was gutted they put the price up by a fiver to 15 quid <laughs> you know but for a lot of people who've got no experience at all of, of property yeah you know just having some of that insight and reassured that yes you can fix a gutter yes you can mm-hmm. do it something simple or even if they get you know their, their builder who speaks a foreign language around you can point to the picture and say this is what i want done and that just really made i noticed it made a difference a lot of surveyors don't like to spend too much time talking to customers or that after mm-hmm. care service. I mean, do you have, you sound like you're sort of quite a confident person. Maybe it's your carpet cleaning days <laughs> that, that cut skills that come in. Possibly. But, Possibly. Do you, but do you find some surveyors aren't as um, customer friendly or a bit nervous about that? Because we're not talking yeah. service skills really, are we? No. And most of us are more are more technical, aren't we? We've got a lot of knowledge. We know that how to apply it's a different matter. So for me, it's really important when I'm recruiting, interviewing, it's about the person for me. So that's why my, one of the reasons the first person was a trainee, because you know you can mould them, get them how, how you would like them to be. And yeah, the customer service side is very, very important to me. That's like going back to what you were saying. So carpet cleaning just life skills picking up everything i've done along the way ultimately they're still a consumer and they're going to want that that level of service yes it is difficult to i think or will be difficult to make sure everybody does that in the firm because yeah i've worked for for large corporates as well and and some people you know you're told to bring them after they might not do it but that would be an absolute must to me the better dialogue you can have with the customer i know it's going down the route of claims and all that thing you have that rapport that face um, that, that recognition and you can talk regularly on the phone and just be there afterwards for, okay, well, this is what you've told you done. If you need help on how to do it, what materials to use, because that can be a massive problem, you know, putting, applying the materials on an older property, for example, they see the benefit in that. And yes, the reports, I've never been overly impressed with the reports and that's something I'd like to do down the line when I've got time. I know we've got time now, I guess, but uh, it's rewriting and, 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 and even maybe doing our own product. It's a bit difficult is um, less protection, but maybe just a bespoke report for the clients that don't want such an in-depth report, but might just want to focus on certain areas of the property, video surveys, that sort of thing, drone surveys. I know I'm rambling on now, but there's there's a chap that I've just done a survey for that owns a drone company. And um, he was at the property with me, a vacant property, 
taken loads of images and backgrounds. He sent it to me afterwards, and instantly, I did, it just sparked. There's another business there straight away. It will be on, I, I imagine, either very older properties, difficult properties to access, or people that are quite wealthy that would pay that extra, you know, want to know that in-depth service. You can zoom in, walk around every room, and you can have dialogue boxes. Uh, once you click on it, a dialogue, or I could do a voiceover as they're walking around, that sort of thing where it can be done with invest- overseas investors. That would be really useful for those types of people as well. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting times we can start thinking about now. Interesting uh, and step, exciting. Step yeah, I think yeah. it just it, it gets me going a little bit when you're... It, at times like this, we can actually just pause and think about how else can we do it. And that's the other stress I'm, I'm having that like when you're still continuing to work. And are other people doing this now? Are they going to get there first? Are they going to do these video video surveys? Are they going to do this? But then it all comes down to being local again, doesn't it? It doesn't really matter. You're right. Everyone's doing it. I think it comes down to, to two things, though. One, yeah, for a survey, it could be the locality and being known in your in your area. But also, I think it's recognizing that you do your business your way. You know, I at the moment, yeah, I get FOMO, as they call it, fear of missing out. Yes. You know, I see other, I, oh, God, it's horrible. And I see, you know, other people starting things in their business that I've got on my roadmap and plan, mm-hmm. but it just isn't going to happen now because of the various things. But equally, I come back to, they can't do it my way. They're not me. They haven't got my... 45 years of experience in life to today and they bring something different to it and it doesn't mean you I can't do it um you know I've just got to remember that I do it in my own unique way and Blue Box has its own unique way we're quite different from other training companies so you just got to hang on on to that and it's really interesting you saying you're talking about your um kind of reports um that you want to do and i think absolutely that you know one thing i'd love to see from smes is to empower themselves to do the kind of report you've always wanted to do with your customer because one they get a great service and two you enjoy your job yes you believe in your product and also if you if you start with just giving them the best advice that will help them in that property purchase transaction or maintenance of the property, whatever the, the focus is, not just, you know, that make an informed decision to buy a property, mm-hmm. you know, something that's really useful. And and for a few years now, we've talked about drones. I know some surveyors use them, but even just a camera on the end of a pole takes yes. you a step, a step further. Yeah. But the other things of engaging with your customer and client makes such a difference in all the complaints and claims I've dealt with over the years. The majority where a surveyor actually spoke to the customer was a lot easier to sort out yeah. or it would go away. It just made the difference. And the thing that customers really want is a piece of you as a yes. surveyor because it's human-to-human contact that actually offers reassurance. So the fact that you offer a walk-around service afterwards I think is great. It's not great. I don't think it's great to do it at the time. And I think you need to have that reflection. And so to yeah. offer it as a second pass at the property is yeah. is a good thing because there's nothing worse than having somebody on your shoulders you doing yeah. your inspection. Yeah, it's bad enough with the, the vendors there. And it'll be interesting now when we come, as we start to come out of lockdown and when we start to look at our inspections and how we do them, that we remember our routine. Yes. Perhaps our routines need to change. Because when you divert from your routine, that's when claims typically happen. 
you know, in a lot of cases that I've looked at in the past, you know, there's been, they've not gone back to the routine that they had. Perhaps there was a distraction or they were rushed or harassed in the day or whatever it was. But if you keep on coming back to your routine, um, you know, to make sure you've got all your uh, checks and balances in, that's when you're less likely to have a claim. But I guess a lot of us will have to really rethink what our routines look like now, because if you're social distancing, if you're not being as tactile in the property, how are you covered in terms of yeah. your your terms? And will it be argued that you should have gone further? It'd be really interesting to see see what happens. Yeah, I think that's the that's the danger, isn't it? And, and like you said, we need confidence in what we're going to do is going to be protected. Or, you know, is our insurance going to be in place still? Is you know how much are we going to deviate from the original terms and conditions in terms of engagement? And we've already compiled lists, you know, like the windows and doors, for example, we've categorically said that they will not be tested or where asked, we'd get the vendor to do it on our behalf just to sort of minimise it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, I think the use of videos now, obviously with the vendor's permission, is not just photos, maybe just like stand in the middle of the room, do a shot that that whole room, see the rules floors, just really cover yourself in that respect. How far do you go following the trail? And, and, and it's, it's very, very difficult, I must admit. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's going to be, it. yeah, but you know, it's going to be trial and error. And we've just got to experiment and explore. Or maybe that's what we can do on our own properties right now is explore. Yes. Great idea. A few years ago, um, I did a, a trial of a new report and I worked at a corporate to look at, you know, what it might look like if you use video and that kind of thing. I remember the surveyor who did a, a great job working with me on it and he was looking at something outside the property. I think it was um, uh, something to do with a boiler cover. I can't remember what it was now. But he had his video, in, a camera in front of him and he was saying, yes, and this this needs replacing. And if you if you yeah. look to the left and he turned his camera phone to the left and it just went, because <laughs> the wind was blowing. And then he came back and said, so hopefully that's clear. <laughs> that's, that's know, or, or there were things like you'd go into the roof space yeah. and uh, it just was dark mm-hmm. you know, so he had his little camera around and couldn't see anything but he could because it's it's a bit different so there's some yeah. practicalities there of, of, of yeah video. and like you said trial and error I think like the idea of doing it in your own home although it's scared what I'd find it is a great place to start isn't it particularly getting confident with it as well that's the other thing and, and how easy is it can you roll it out what properties can you is it not suitable for for example but uh, the middle sort of ground for us was, was looking at that um, the, the chat that took the, the drone videos or images it wasn't actually a drone as in he wasn't flying it because you can attach them to stands etc and just place them in the room so it's more about the camera mm. but, but that for me absolutely would work but there's a lot more time uh, with it because you've got to go back obviously then maybe do the voiceover from home so for me i would still want to go back to your idea of how do we change the inspection i would still want to do my original inspection if at the end i then walk around with the camera going through the defects individually that'd be a different matter but i don't for me i don't think i would just be able to start and do the inspection with a video without feeling confident that when i've left that room right there's nothing in here that i haven't done that i should have done but you know, everyone's different and it's how you roll that out to larger firms. And again, luckily. Yeah, but I think you've also got to think about the customer of how easy it is for a customer to understand and get what they need from the service you're providing. Yeah. Quite frankly, it would be pretty boring to just watch a GoPro video 
yeah. you know, if you had a GoPro attached to your head or whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, for someone to watch that and to, and to understand. For too long, yeah. Yeah, so I, there's a, got to be a balance of working out what you think would be easy for you to do, would be mm-hmm. help the customer get the best information, but then look at it from their point of view of how quickly can, can they understand in the simplest way, the most informative yeah. way, what they need to. And that's the balance. That's the balance, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think as, as technical surveyors, it's almost like a platform as well, isn't it, to get carried away and just show off all your knowledge and you could just go too far. So, yeah, I think trying to condense it um, into concise information that can be easily understood, that's probably the art of this this type of service i think you're absolutely right so maybe a middle way to start with instead of doing the actual physical walk around with them is do it via video call you know mm. that that could be a space to start and let them lead what you're concerned about what area of the property do you want me to go in and and talk to you about and that's know. a that's a great way for surveyors actually to get confident of talking to camera although yeah. we're all getting a bit more confident now using zoom right. and the amount of quizzes I've, I've been doing <laughs> recently, it's, uh, I'm all quizzed out. <laughs> it's very fun. Mark, it's been lovely to talk to you this morning. Likewise. I'll uh, leave you to go and sort out the children. Who have been very well behaved, I must admit. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, I hope they've, got, they've still got the hair. <laughs> they have, although just before we go, they did make an awful mess in the bathroom this morning with the shower gel and their dolls trying to wash their hair and also used all of my deodorant so I'm going through exactly the same sort of things Marion don't worry just keep going you've been listening to the Surveyor Hub podcast we'd love it if you leave a review and let us know how we're doing and if you want to find out more about how we're making a difference visit us at blueboxpartners.com